I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody. The Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days. I am Neil Smith, joined as always by Mr. Steve Bonham. Hello. Oh, Steve, it's still, as we as we roll through here, it is August 21st as we, uh, as we record. So if anything we're going to get into here sounds a little bit dated, that's going to be why. Uh, check out the wrap-up show, which is tentatively scheduled for September 4th, and we'll update any takes that need to be adjusted as, uh, as the league adjusts around us. So check that out. Uh, check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. For one dollar, one little dollar, you can register to be a Patreon and get access to our Discord channel. Uh, bring us your team questions. Just chat with us about fantasy football. Chat with Steve. Chat with myself. We have the entire uh, the entire staff available for you on there. So we look forward to chatting with you throughout the entire NFL season. And as always, we'll be referencing the uh, Fantasy Pros ECR as well as our own content. And we might even get into a little bit of underdog fantasy. Shout out to the guys over at Underdog Fantasy. We love your best ball service. It is fantastic. Second to none. Uh, if you are interested in getting into a couple last minute best ball drafts, check that out with a promo code nonsense, and we would greatly appreciate it. So, Steve, let's just let's let's move right into it. We're going to talk about the Steelers today. We teased it in the last show. We're going to stay in the state of Pennsylvania. We're going to go. We're going to go across the state. And boy, there's just. Uh, this has been kind of an interesting one because you've got you've got a couple different shakeups and you've got a, kind of an aging group of a couple veterans that are left, but they're trying to they're trying to stay relevant and they're trying to compete with weirdly the Cleveland Browns like to try and win that to try and win that division. How often can you say that? And they yeah. also are still contending with Baltimore. So if they're going to try and stay relevant, which they are, they're going to have to they're going to have to improve over what they've put up the last the last year or two. So Ben Roethlisberger still there. You might've seen the photos on the internet. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he lost 30 pounds. He still looks like he's your dad. Mostly beard. Yeah. Mostly beard. A little bit, a little bit of Miller lightweight came off too. It looks like. So he's got, he's got that going for him. So he's looking a little bit more, a little bit more in shape than what we've seen over the last couple of years. Uh, long folks with a long-term memory will remember uh, a couple of years ago, Ben Roethlisberger's elbow exploded on national television and it was, it was uh, horrific. He came back from that and has mostly recovered from that. And now he's two years removed from that injury and has started appearingly taking a little bit better care of himself than he has at other points in his career. So even with all of that, Steve, all the nice things that I just said, I still really have no interest from a fantasy football perspective. Like, how about you? I think he's moved into that territory of the, well, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say that, but he, it, the Kirk Cousins, the Derek Cars of the world, where the floor is probably nice enough. He'll put up good enough numbers that you'll be okay on a weekly basis at quarterback, but he's never going to be a top 12 guy. That's just not who he is anymore. Um, his, his, like I said, I think the ceiling for him is top 15 if everything goes right and he stays healthy and he doesn't fall off a cliff because of father time. So I think that's your best case scenario with Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback. Right now he's QB 19 
in the ECR and in ADP, he's going right there at QB 19. And that's still too rich for me. I'd rather take an upside guy like a fields or a Wilson that we've talked about where they have that kind of, I, you know, top 10 potential for my QB two. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm more in line with that. Cause I've got Roethlisberger at QB 21. So I would be yeah, more inclined to higher than me. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and even, <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the thing is like, you're either way, however much higher you're evaluating your backup quarterback. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's, when I'm evaluating my backup quarterback, give me a guy like a fields or give me a guy even potentially like Daniel Jones. And I know that might sound weird to say, but Daniel Jones, even though, you know, warts and all still realistically has more upside at this point in their relative careers than Ben Roethlisberger does. Also, as we've talked about for years, Ben Roethlisberger is actually like the only fantasy player I can ever think of that we actually proved it that home road splits are a thing and mm-hmm. it's like actually mathematically provable so why would I want that as my backup quarterback right. like well, you just don't it's yeah. not worth tolerating anymore just the roller coaster that Ben Roethlisberger has been the last few years in his career he's lost that upside I'm just not really interested in rostering it to be honest yep that's fair I've, yeah, I find myself with just virtually no shares of Roethlisberger. And the only reason to spend any more time on it is just, I think, to mention that, you know, even with the kind of depressed numbers we're expecting, he should still be good enough to keep all the skill position players relevant. Yeah. So with that, we'll go into kind of what matters. And one of the most notable things that Pittsburgh did uh, in the draft was drafted Mr. Najee Harris. Yeah. James Conner is no more, so we no longer have to have the conversation about, is James Conner a top 10 running back in the NFL? Nope, we're done with that. Thank you. Mercifully, that conversation is over. Now we're going to have the conversation, is Najee Harris top 10 running back in the mm-hmm. NFL? And for me, the answer to that question is probably. Yeah. So yeah. it's Again, it was, other than Trevor Lawrence, this was the worst kept secret in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. we all had it like, okay, Najee Harris is clear cut. Number one running back of this class, uh, just a, a hedge ahead of, uh, Travis Etienne, right. Who we've talked about and it was, o- so, yeah, yes. it was okay. They've got a back end, uh, first round pick. They have a clear need at running back it, you can just pencil in Najee Harris is going to Pittsburgh at 24. Sure enough. Here we are. Najee Harris goes 24 to the Steelers. And again, you've got Benny Snell, who we've seen is not good. You've got Jalen Samuels, who we've seen is not good. Their backup running back is Kalen Balaj, who more than likely is going to win that job. And we saw him have flashes in Miami. We saw him have flashes last year with the Chargers, but he was never going to be able to handle the workload and be the starter here. He has no threat whatsoever to Najee Harris. He just is what he is. Uh, last year's fourth round pick, Anthony McFarland, is still on the team. I think he's the best of their backup group, and I think he ultimately gets more run than anybody else, but it it all doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant because Najee Harris is the best running back they've had since Le'Veon Bell, and he's going to put up maybe not top five running back numbers, but has that potential. He, he has that if he gets that workload and they are a decent enough team and run him enough, Najee Harris should easily be a top 10 back. And I have him ranked as a top 10 back and feel good about it. Yeah, I have Najee Harris at nine. 
-hmm. And it's just, we've seen how much value that Pittsburgh job has given their offense, which isn't changing. I want to be very clear about that. They're not, it's still Mike Tomlin. It's still the same front office. It's still Roethlisberger. They're running the same offense that we've seen for years out of Pittsburgh. And it's when it works, it's very effective as long as everybody is upright and healthy and is doing their jobs. So given the level of prospect that Najee Harris is, I have no problem. He's, he's one of those, he comes into the league. He came into the perfect situation. He's on paper, immediately a top 10 running back. And I feel pretty good about it. So if he's my, my running back one for 2021, I'm good with it. The only thing that's slightly frustrating about it, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just, you rattled it off. There's no clear cut handcuff for it. So you have no like ready built insurance policy. If you are going to go down the Najee Harris road, I wouldn't waste my time trying to figure out which one of these other guys to roster. Because for as many flashes as we've seen Kalen Balazs have, we've seen as many negative flashes. I'll reference that time he ducked under a screen pass in Miami and it was hilarious. Like there was that. And then like he's, he, he just is what he is at this point. And there's nobody else on that team that they would have to share that job realistically if Najee went down, making basically all of it irrelevant. I think Anthony McFarland is your third running back on the depth chart. And that's a nice story, but it's not something that I'm going to be invested in. So it's Najee and forget the rest of it. But Najee, top 10 running back. And thank God, because we can need, we need as many top, top level running backs (laughs) on this running back pool as we can get this year because it gets really ugly really fast. Yeah. So beyond that, I'd say we can just move nicely into, into pass catcher here. So we'll start, we'll start with wide receiver. And a lot of this is actually going to be somewhat familiar. And They've got, it's mostly the same guys that they had last year. So Juju is still there. They've retained Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's he's basically there on a one-year deal at this point. Yeah. And we'll see where he plays next year. So I, I don't know that he'll... When they finally make the QB change, I don't know that Juju will still be around. But it's a good idea to keep him around for this year because of the familiarity with Roethlisberger. And they needed a third guy anyway. They also still have... They have everybody's favorite, if you go in by the fantasy community standards, and Deontay Johnson. Success story of a lifetime, Deontay Johnson, for some people. And they have Mapletron, Chase Claypool, who all of our Canadian audience is usually over the moon with. So those are your big three that they have. And then it really gets ugly, folks, after that, because then it goes all the way down to James Washington, who I bafflingly requested a trade. Uh, good luck with that was my comment. <laughs> they have Ray Ray, Ray Ray McLeod, who will likely yeah. play special teams. And some of you may remember from his career in Buffalo, where he played special teams. So that's really it. There, it's not a deep room. They only really have about five or six guys and only three of them matter. So it's, it, it's one of those things where we really just want to spend our time talking about, talking about how do you order those three guys? So Steve, yeah. for you, who's your favorite? Who do you like out of those three? Well, first of all, on ADP right now, going by the public, uh, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 21, Claypool, wide receiver 28, Juju, wide receiver 30. And then uh, by the ECR, you have Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 20. And then you've got Juju at wide receiver 29, Claypool at 28. So they're even slightly more bullish than the general public is. For me, from my personal perspective, we talked about it last year. I think Chase Claypool is the one guy who can do it all. Deontay Johnson gets a lot of volume, catches a lot of passes. He's their Z receiver, but they treat him like a checkdown guy. So he gets a lot of targets, gets a lot of receptions, 
and some yardage. Juju gets a lot of targets and receptions, but he does it in short range, kind of like a Michael Thomas. The problem is, unlike Michael Thomas, he's never going to have a 160, 170 target season. He's just on a team that's too deep and too talented for him to ever command that volume. And then you've got Chase Claypool, who can catch those contested passes, who can get you the big yardage. And even if he is third on the team in targets, the way I have him projected, he could finish first on the team in yards and first on the team in touchdowns. So I think he has the most upside and based on where they're currently going, I think I'm the most likely to invest in Chase Claypool. How I have them personally ranked is Deontay Johnson, Juju, and then Claypool. But again, that's all because of what I just laid out. That that's basically how I have the target share going. And when you're talking about PPR, whether it's a 10-yard catch or a one-yard catch, as long as they catch it, I don't care. So if you're getting more opportunities to catch the ball, that's what I'm going to favor. It's just, like I said, I've got them in three different tiers, and I think Claypool has the most upside of the three of them and is probably the best value of the three of them. But I think I'm going to end up with more Claypool than anything. Yeah, and it's funny because I have them rated broadly similarly. I have Deontay Johnson at 19, I have Juju at 28, and I have Chase Claypool at 31. And it's largely in line with that. It's Chase Claypool is the best value at that point, and it's likely the one that I will come away with. And he also has the most upside because he is the down the field threat at this point of the three of them. He is the most likely to get those opportunities to go down the field on a regular basis. And it's, and that's interesting because he also, it doesn't preclude him from doing some of the short and intermediate stuff because they use all three of those guys to do it. So, and they also kind of rotate guys around a little bit too, which is interesting because all three of them can are pretty versatile. So they don't, they're one of the teams that's more likely to kind of shift people in and out and try and confuse the, the defensive form. And I, I do want to point this out too, because this, you know, it would come up from our Kansas city show, like, hold on a second, guys, I'm an avid listener of the show. So how is it that you can have three top 30 wide receivers and a top 10 running back, but Ben Roethlisberger isn't good. How yeah. can that possibly be? It feels like your math doesn't make sense. Going back to the Kansas city math, not adding up, right? The reason that it adds up that way, like I said, good numbers for Roethlisberger has a good statistical season, but he's not fantasy relevant because 19 rush attempts for 30 rushing yards for Ben Roethlisberger. And in this day and age, that is not good enough. So he has, again, your ceiling for Ben Roethlisberger is top 15. We have him projected as QB 17, but I have him rated outside of my top 24 because I don't think Roethlisberger has enough upside for him to be worth a pick. It's totally fair. Because yeah, yeah the, the so rushing, that's why the math may not sound right, but that's how that adds up. Yeah, and the, the rushing floor for quarterback has become so important. This isn't this isn't fantasy football in even like 2012. You know what I mean? Where you could get away with your quarterback or really even being a four statue. years ago. I mean, you don't yeah. even have to go back that far. It's changed a lot over the the time that we've been doing this to the point where now Ben Roethlisberger really is just kind of like a bye week fill in backup quarterback kind of meh. Yeah. It's not really something you're going to count on reliably. You're going to want guys who run the ball more and who have more upside. And frankly, at his relative age, he can't run at all anymore. We've seen it. We've seen him try. Yeah. Like he can't move. Like he's, he's a total statue at this point. And as long as they keep him upright, which they should be able to do to a reasonable level, 
he will support the skill position players around him while himself not really mattering for fantasy purposes. It's a weird thing that you run into periodically. Yeah. So it's it's really that. It's the big three uh, at wide receiver. We would argue that all three of them are worth drafting. They're all they're all talented in their own way. Najee Harris is a good one. And then really there's not too much else other than to touch on tight end. And we've referenced him before, but they have dropped him as prime himself. Eric Ebron, just he's he's going to take over that job at this point. And they also went out and drafted uh, Pat Fryermuth to eventually try and take over and shoulder as the, the heir apparent. Yep. As the heir apparent, yes. And uh, as we always caution, uh, rookie tight end is not really something you want to get interested in in redraft, and especially right. a prospect like Fryermuth, who I think actually we will be talking about in a meaningful way in future years, not for this season. That is Eric Ebron's job right now. And for me, mm-hmm. I have Eric Ebron. We mentioned it in the, the Giants show. I yeah. have him right next to Evan Ingram. I have Eric Ebron at 13. Yeah. You know what you're getting. Yeah. He's in the same neighborhood for me. And Fryermith is a guy that I'd be even more interested in in Dynasty if we had any idea what was happening at quarterback. And we don't. We've seen how terrible Mason Rudolph is, who is still technically the backup. And then they also brought in Dwayne Haskins after he got released from Washington last season. So there's a couple of guys behind Roethlisberger, but neither one of them is good enough for me to feel confident in the future at quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I honestly believe that we saw a lot of QBs get shaken up this year. I feel like if this is the last run of Roethlisberger and he is done after this year, that they are going to be one of the teams heavily involved in trading to get someone else's quarterback next season, as opposed to something they already have on their roster. Yeah, and their roster is technically probably too good to want to tear it down and do a total rebuild. Right, which is why I think they would go get a veteran that, like, say, for example, a Russell Wilson. If sure. Russ, if Russ is done in Seattle and he wants to go somewhere where they'll, you know, quote unquote, let Russ cook, uh, then I, I feel like the Steelers. Are you foreshadowing tomorrow? I am. I am. <laughs> I, I feel like that that is somebody they would absolutely spend three first round picks to go get to try to push and keep winning with the team they have. And they might. I could also see them possibly being willing to take a step back for about two years to try and try and dra- try and trade up a little bit to get something that's maybe a little bit more raw than ride, ride Dwayne Haskins for a season potentially and then uh, be bad, get another good draft pick and then see if you can fix it that way and try and do some surgery as opposed it's, to like, well, it's, it's all speculation, but it is. Where, where they are with their draft, uh, where they are with their cap with how good they are on defense. I don't think they're ever going to be bad enough to have a top 10 pick. Probably not. Not even like even top 20 pick is going to be a rarity for them. So they're really going to have to invest heavily to move up, which I think would cost just way too much at that point from where they're trading from to get anything decent, but who knows fields fell to 12. So crazy things happen all the time, right? Weird stuff happens. And then there will be some interesting free agents to your point though, next year, not just like the Russell Wilson one, but there'll be some guys who will be changing jerseys. So maybe they'll be able to pick something up kind of as like a, a a mid-level type of thing, just depending on what happens. And I don't know that they'll want to spend three first round draft picks to go the full Russell Wilson thing. They might, who knows, they might turn around and be one of the main bidders for, for Deshaun. Right. But this yeah. is all, this is all speculation. Again, all speculation and it's all future. It's not a problem for this year. No, but we know what we're doing this year. Just thinking long-term 
Yeah. And then just to round out the show, there's there's the defense, which you know people historically overvalue, and this year will be no different. Although they will be good, so I yeah. understand at least this isn't this isn't some of those other odd Pittsburgh years where their defense was bad and people again, were still willing to pay for it. But yeah, but the reason that you overpay the reason that you overpay for it before is because oh, six games a year, it's a layup. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is not the case right now. Like Baltimore, I argue, is a better team than Pittsburgh. They're at least as good as Pittsburgh. And then we talked about the fact that Cleveland on paper, to me, is the best team in the AFC. So you're talking about four games a year in your division that are bad. And then you've got Cincinnati, who's not a good team in an, from an NFL standpoint. But that offense is going to light the scoreboard. I was going to say, but they'll yeah. move the ball. So like, if you're Pittsburgh, you can beat Cincinnati, but you're going to beat them like 42-35. It's not going to be a low-scoring beat them up, drag them out game. Like this is going to be it's going to be tough to try to not put up massive numbers. Well, particularly against... when the inevitable fist fight happens and then yeah, happens. Sure. Yeah, like that that'll happen too in at least one of those games. Easily. So, that's pretty. You can boy, if you're taking parlay bets on that, number of number of fist fights in the Easy. The Bengals uh, Steelers thing. If they've got the over under on that at one, I'm slamming the over. <laughs> like absolutely. So that always seems to happen. But yeah, as always, they'll be good, but don't overpay for it. Like, yeah. and it's not something that you I would want to count on every single week. It, and you might have to be in that boat, given that it's the Steelers defense. You know, the the yeah. that always happens in rooms. The casual fan sees that usually and more often than not. Yeah, I'd rather play. stream them, have them as a, a number two option. And yeah, like I, said, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to worry about it too much. Yeah. Oh, it wow. I just double checked to make sure. And that is they are right now going as the number one defense off. The yeah. Board. So you'll never roster it if you're listening never. to us. Never they're roster going at, that. They're going to pick 100. Yeah. Which no, just no. PSA. Oh that's just God. a terrible idea. That's the worst thing. That's like ruined my day. That information. <laughs> that's like a day ruining piece of information. Don't go in do as that. an eighth round pick. What yeah. are you doing? Don't do that. That's like a cardinal sin in fantasy. I've football. drafted my full starting lineup. I did uh, it. Yeah. But at what cost? <laughs> Everything. Yeah, what did it cost me? <laughs> Everything. Never do that. All you people who are doing that, never do that. Because in the eighth no. round pick. No, 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 pick- no, no, no. Do that. Go ahead. Yeah, do sure. it in the make, draft. I'm in with you. Yeah, yeah. make our lives easier. Because in the Thank eighth you. round, when I'm loading up on quality bench options, you've got yeah. the Steelers defense. Oh, Although, you know what? That doesn't make my life easier because then it's like, oh, there's 10 great players on the board and I only have two picks left. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I gotta, now I got to choose. Oh, oh, my, God. My, my glass shoes are too tight. Exactly. My tiara doesn't oh, fit. Oh, geez. Oh, gee, I feel so bad. And then just to round it out, their kicker is Chris Boswell. And whatever it is it is what it is like i'm not really no one's going to invest in that and so or they shouldn't be at least i don't know you're gonna go look up his adp and tell me he's going as an eighth round pick because let's see maybe he is a stealer so i guess uh, i guess shock me uh let's see he's going uh the 18th kicker so undrafted okay good good all right do that that's that's good but yeah man that defense thing is not really surprising because of who we're talking about here and this always happens but do they not know that the Browns are going to be good, is that? Well, they yeah, they just assume it's the Browns. I guess I don't. Know. I guess I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, check the out. Bud Dupree isn't there. 
they're not paying attention to what's happening in the offseason. <laughs> Bud Dupree, he's great. Nah, gotta get, gotta pay up. Eighth round pick. Get Bud Dupree. Leading the league in sacks. Come on. Yeah, come on. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I should have Googled it. <laughs> That's, oh, man. All right. Well, I think we're going to break it there, folks. So, yeah. So check out tomorrow's show as uh, as we derisively talk about Let Russ Cook, as Steve teased a little while ago. (laughs) Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!